a world champion with a body like that. And this man, and that's the bottom line. And now, your world podcast champions. It is December 3rd, and Rumbling Reality is here again. And gain it. We're I back like a whole one Jericho more time, thing. and no conspiracies lagging this time. Ooh, I was trying to do a whole Jericho thing with a gain. <laughs> the old Canada thing. Well, I'm sporting my Kingdom t-shirt here, which Are is a Ring of Honor thing. So. Hell yeah, when would you get that? When I went to the Ring of Honor event here in OKC. Oh, that's awesome, ago. you sold that? Yeah, they gave it to me for free, too. So I was like, sweet. For free? Yeah, because they were doing this thing. I don't think I even told this story on the podcast, but it was real funny. Um, so we, uh, when we got to Ring of Honor, we had the intermission, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the kingdom, which is comprised of Vinny Marcia- Marciago. I can, I'm totally butchering his name, so I'm not even going to say it. He's known as the Horror King. So we're just going to go that. Um, Matt Taven and then TK O'Ryan together they comprise a group that originally believe it or not was formed uh by mike bennett adam cole maria canellis and matt taven who are known as the kingdom um well matt taven is still with ring of honor he brought back the faction uh last year and they became actually the first ever the inaugural uh six-man world tag team champions in ring of honor uh, the three nice. of them comprised the New Kingdom, and uh, Matt Taven's been running it ever since. And they were doing a little bit of a sales pitch, and they had a match with the Young Bucks that night. TK Orion and Vinny did. Okay, so they were saying, "Look at y'all flocking like sheep, wearing all these Bullet Club T-shirts and things like that, and the Elite and this and that." Listen, if you want to stick to fanboyism, you go ahead. But if you want to actually wear a shirt that's going to get you laid, Mm -hmm. then do yourself a favor and take off the Bullet Club shirts and wear one of our new Kingdom Conspiracy shirts. (laughs) You know, they were doing the sales pitch and everything. And so, you know, I'm standing there. I'm laughing at it and things like that. And I was wearing one of my Bullet Club T-shirts, as a matter of fact. And so they were like, come on, who's going to be the first to take the plunge and just correct your, uh, correct yourselves and get rid of this shirt and this and that. And so, um, uh, because I'm like, man, I'll play along with it. Why not? So I was like, hell, I'll do it. And I literally took off my jacket and he goes, see this young man right here, this man is wanting to change his life and he's about to do so by taking off this and not being a sheep anymore, and he's going to be a leader. He's going to go get laid tonight. And then this <laughs> this girl in the audience started talking, and she's laughing. He points her out, right? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, is that your girl? And I said, no, that's not my girl. She's sitting down in, in a restaurant. He goes, oh, good. He said, because that girl is actually not even close to being in your league, so you're all right. Like, he was dissing oh, wow. her. By saying she didn't measure up. To me. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So I was like, "Damn!" I started laughing, and so uh, they do all that, and they hand me my size, and I put on the T-shirt and everything like that, and they didn't charge me for it. Wow. Um, everybody else after me got charged, though. I think they only didn't do that for me because I was the first one to do it. Um, so then I went back to my seat, and I told Paige what happened. Right? 
well, they're still pl- they're still doing their pitch, and Paige didn't know how I got the shirt, so I wanted to kind of embarrass Paige a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, babe, come here, I'll show you where I got it. And so they're still doing it. Come on. And so I got her and took her back to the spot. So then. I looked up at Matt Taven and I said, Taven, this is the girl. This is her. This is who I'm with. He goes, see, see. And he pulls both of us up. He said, this is a healthy, sexually active couple right here. Good looking and everything. Not like that hag out there in the audience. This oh girl, God. she's got class. <laughs> He's like doing That's how you do everything. it, though. That's how you include your audience and you'll get them in there. Yeah, Paige is laughing and embarrassed, and she's trying to stay face. She's like, "No, no, girl, you look, you look beautiful, everything like that." And I'm like, "Babe, it's a joke. Just you know, go with it." And she's she finally starts laughing, and she's beat red by the time we were done. So, yeah, that was my nice funny. little kingdom experience. Got my free T-shirt story. Hell yeah! Um, so I want to start it off with, of course. All the broken Matt Hardy stuff going on this week because it's the talk of the I'm, town. I'm glad you did because that was going to be my first uh, thing right off the bat too. Again, I'm keeping I'm keeping some some stuff going on here for the passing weeks to see uh, what we can talk about come Sunday. And yeah, broken Hardys will right off the top of the bat. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling pretty, you, I'm this pretty is, excited this about is, it. This is good stuff, man. Um. So, Jeff Hardy as Brother Nero, do you think they're going to let him do it? They're, they're showing the video clips with Jeff Hardy in the background. I'm just really surprised Vince is going to let him do that because Vince makes so much money off Jeff Hardy and his merch. See, that's where – and I think that's where we're going to see uh, something come along the lines because I don't think – And let's, will, let's, will Rebby let's be catch everybody up. Can we, should we catch everybody up on the news that is unaware of all the fallout from this past? Most people know it, but if not, go quick. Okay, so long story short, Impact Wrestling, trying to save face for themselves with Ed Norholm and Anthem, have now said that they have dropped any kind of legal pursuing for uh, the Matt Hardy broken universe, Mm -hmm. uh, broken Matt Hardy brother Nero trademarks, everything like that. They've now dropped any kind of chance to uh, retain that kind of uh, IP, uh, IP property, right? Yeah. So... They went as far as to say that now they are not only signing people to contracts that will allow them to use their gimmicks that they create, even if they create them in Impact Wrestling, but beyond Impact Wrestling too, as well as going back and looking at contracts <clears throat> of previous guys that will allow them to use their, uh, their gimmicks as well. Again, this is just a safe face maneuver by Impact, but... What that did was it freed the Hardys. So now, if you recall, last week, I was either week, last year or the week before, I explained that Matt Hardy had um, once again filed uh, for the Broken Universe and the Broken Matt Hardy character. And as of December 19th, somebody has 30 days to contest uh, that that, uh, ownership, right? So if nobody contests it within 30 days, which at this point nobody is going to, the only people that could have uh, would have been Impact Wrestling, then the Broken Universe would go back to Matt Hardy and he would own it. Um, That's still the plan to do, but as of this moment, we can safely now say that Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and other parties involved now own the Broken Universe. Nice little recap. (laughs) Thank you. 
better, better than I could do. I tried. I mean, it's I kind tried. of been. I mean, it's really. He, Travis did a good job recapping it because it's been a long ass drawn battle back and forth, months, you know, things back and forth. It's been nonstop. This goes back to March, like uh, right before WrestleMania, right before they. I know. WWE. And I was riding for it many times, and oh. I am pretty excited to announce we have a new writer for RumblingRumors.com, and he will start on Wednesday. Um, I think it's I can't remember his name last day. I think it's Mike Gallagher or Gallagher, almost kind of like a wrestler, but he's from Ontario, yeah. Ontario, Canada. Pretty excited to have him. He'll be writing on Wednesdays and Fridays for the site. Pretty excited. Welcome Gallagher. Yep, I and he's uh, hopefully Gallagher. not butchering his name. <laughs> but um. Uh. So back to the Hardy thing. So I'm just kind of wondering if they're going to bring like Rebby and all those people back too. I think what we'll see is we might see little little snippets of them here and there. Mm. Um, Rebby hasn't always endeared herself to a lot of women's locker rooms. Um, I don't know if that'll necessarily hurt her or not about potentially coming to the WWE. Um, being that she's Matt Hardy's wife, there's an easy in there, plus her being uh, an integral part to the Broken Universe. I'm sure we would potentially see vignettes with her. Um, that I don't doubt. But you were you were bringing up Jeff and the Brother Nero situation. I don't think we're going to see Brother Nero, um, at least I don't think we're going to see him right away. Did um, you see the new video they posted? If at all. I, I think personally I, I, right I now, one. when Matt Hardy comes back Monday, or hopefully does it Monday, um, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, that I think Jeff Hardy, like you were saying, should probably stay out for a while and let Matt Hardy do his own thing. Well, and, and from what I understand, the whole concept of re-signing the Hardys, let's, let's take this back a little bit further, even to about a year ago at this time. Yeah. Because Jeff Hardy's contract and Matt Hardy's contracts were expiring around this time last year with Impact Wrestling, okay? Um, at the time, Jeff had interest a, few, a couple years back saying that he would love to end his career in WWE because that's where he started and that's where he wanted to finish it. Um, mm. He definitely was well aware that he probably wouldn't have been able to do a full-time schedule with all the new talent and everything, but that's where he's going to end his career. So there was already interest from WWE of re-signing Jeff, but where most people get the story wrong is people think that they were there was interest for WWE to re-sign both parties, yeah. when in reality, they only were interested in re-signing Jeff. And a lot of people may find that shocking, what? but if you look back at WWE's track record with Matt Hardy, they didn't really do much with Matt. I thought and the opposite. That's not they, I thought. The, I thought. Huh? I thought personally, the rumors and everything I read was the complete opposite. That Matt Hardy was the reason. Matt Hardy is the reason why Jeff Hardy got brought in back because they were afraid to bring Jeff Hardy in because of his past drug stuff and bad matches and bad rep. No, and what Matt the, Hardy what was the, the one who got story, really big. What the real story was behind behind the Hardys being re-signed as a unit was because Jeff was a big money maker with kids. Like that's that was the sole reason for that. They and at this point, um, they know Jeff is clean. Jeff's been clean for um, at least two or three years at this point. Mm -hmm. So he's he's not in any kind of uh, bad standing with WWE when it comes to uh, uh, any kind of drug ambitions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, 
but Matt was never really um, the guy that they wanted him to be. He wasn't like a huge star with them. Uh, he wasn't really any kind of uh, big guy for them. Yeah. But when he uh, when he and Jeff were with TNA um, or Impact, whatever, Jeff was interested to go back to WWE. And at this point, that's when the broken characters started to come out um, last year, right? Yeah. So around that time, people, of course, myself included, hated the broken gimmick at first because Wait, it was hold on, so hold on. out you there. You hated it? It was so stupid. Like, it, it literally was just absolutely ridiculous. I thought you liked it. Hold on. You're, no, you're, at the beginning, I mean. guns here. This is where, because all this, all this ties together. Um, as time went on, the broken character started to get over. Like it went from being this ridiculous piece of work to literally fans flocking to it. It was, it was the weirdest thing. And people forget that Matt Hardy being the broken Matt Hardy was a heel character. He was not a good guy. Yeah. I think um, that's why I liked him more. Exactly. So then once the broken Hardys took over TNA, now all of a sudden, WWE caught the eye and Matt Hardy got placed back on the radar because Vince, like we've said before, while we all have agreed that he's probably out of touch with society this day and age and what <laughs> yeah. fans want for wrestling, he can see money when he sees it. Mm -hmm. And the broken Hardys were definitely that, especially for TNA. So once that character started to get over with fans and started to get over big with fans, he was like, oh, okay, now there became interest for WWE to re-sign both Hardys, not just Jeff. Um, and the whole purpose for re-signing them was they were going to bring them back to do uh, what they, what we've seen them do when they first came back, which is go through a little tag phase again and reunite the Hardy boys and things like that. But the, the way that it was always going to be mapped out was they were going to bring them back for like the comeback tag team tour and then they were going to split them up, one being on Raw, one being on SmackDown, of course, uh, up for debate on who was going to go where. Yeah. But um, the whole gimmick was to put Jeff's uh, face paint gimmick and everything he was doing in WWE in 2009. Thanks, Finn Balor. Him. Sorry. Uh-huh. Nothing. What'd you know? What'd you say? So thanks, Finn Balor. Well, I, I won't say thanks, Finn Balor, but because it's different from what Jeff does. Um, but Jeff was going to go and do go back to his gimmick that he was doing in 09 when he originally left WWE and then they were going to of course bank on Har uh, Matt Hardy doing the broken character. Yeah. So, so that's probably the route they're still going to go once Jeff comes back. Do I think we'll see Brother Nero? Maybe eventually, but Here's the thing I why I say that because in his videos Matt Hardy released in his video do what? in his videos Matt Hardy released there is uh, Brother Nero's in the background. I mean, oh, it's on, it's sorry. very possible. Oh, I mean, what was that? It's not like it. It's not like I couldn't. I could be wrong. You know, it's it's one of those things where it could very well be something that WWE changes their minds with and says, "Hey, let's bring in, let's bring back Jeff as Brother Nero and yeah. see how this goes." Because um, Jeff, to his credit, I mean, it, it, this is one of the first times, and Jeff has always been supportive of Matt Hardy, as you've seen in documentaries. He's like, especially the V1 character, he thought the V1 character was great. Um, I liked it. I think, do what? I liked it. A lot of people did. They thought it was funny. 
but I think this is the gimmick that Jeff completely gives Matt every kind of credit for, and Jeff knows his worth. I think Jeff understands that he's he's viewed as a top star. He gets it, mm-hmm. but I think he always wanted that for his brother. Yeah. So once this broken gimmick took off, I think Jeff has become more than willing to help in any way he can to help get his brother to that level that he's always thought he should be at. So I think Jeff would would uh, more than likely go and do the brother Nero gimmick, but we'll see. We'll see what happens when he comes back. Um. Okay, let's do a new topic. People who aren't really into because there is this is pretty. Uh, you know, it's been pretty uh, dicey subject. I'm pretty tired today. I don't know why. It's because I had a little poll um rumbling on my Twitter and. A lot of people surprisingly didn't even care about Broken Matt Hardy anymore. They said it's been it's overdone already. It's way they waited too long, which kind of sucks. Mm, I think a lot of people say that now, but wait until wait until it actually kicks off to the nth degree. Because the reason I think people soured on it is because they didn't think it was going to happen because of every legal battle that was going on. But it's it seems to be the curse of wrestling fans this day and age is that nobody is patient anymore, you know? Yeah. Nobody nobody wants to wait. Everybody wants everything to happen right away and that's one of the things that I hate about wrestling this day and age is because nobody likes to be surprised anymore. Yeah. You know, there's there's a reason why we've said it on this show numerous times. You won't hear spoilers from us like at all. Oh because yeah. I I don't like spoilers. I, that's the one thing about wrestling that I always loved was being surprised. And the funniest and, part is about my, the website is when 2008, when I started it, it originally for a first year or two or maybe longer was pretty much about spoilers and rumors and stuff. Now it's more just about articles and opinionated stuff and whatever. And I think that's one thing that I think – granted, a lot of people would be like, well, you know, we're, we at Rumbling Rumors are trying to – you know, stay up to task with everybody else and, you know, like WrestleZones and PW Insider, things like that. Um, and they're like, well, if you want to be a legit site like that, then you should report when there's spoilers and things like that because that's what all the others are doing. Yeah, but that's the thing. All the others are doing it. If you want to go and look at spoilers, go to another website, go listen to another podcast. You know, there's plenty of places where you can get that. Or if you want to be like yourself and me, then go ahead and I don't want to be like enjoy. you. Sorry. No, like yourself, as in like I'm talking to you, Ramsey. Like, be like yourself or me or myself mm. and just enjoy it. Like, just wait for it to happen and it's going to be that much more fun for you as a fan when it actually occurs. Because then you're like, oh, damn, this is exciting. This is fun. That's one of the things that got us all interested in wrestling in the first place was that excitement and that shock and thrill that we can get at any time. So... That's yeah, so why let's. I personally don't like spoilers. My next, uh, yeah, I don't know, definitely not me. I was like running a little older. So, the next thing I want to talk about were what two weeks in, three weeks in, who is which team is doing it for you or making it Absolution or Rampage or whatever, Rampage. They're, called, whatever they're called. Riot Squad. Riot Squad. Damn it. My God, Ramsey. It's really not that big of a deal because they're so new, so I have some leeway. Well, they're so new, but come on. <laughs> and <laughs> Absolution and then Rampage, as Whatever. if we weren't making another page <laughs> reference there. Whatever. Which, I'm just saying. <laughs> which out of the two teams of threes is doing it for you so far? Uh, which one seems more authentic, more original? 
And my main question is, which I put on Twitter, uh, I put a Twitter vote this uh, week. Which one do you think is going to last for, let's say, till the same time next year? Neither. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think either of them are going to be here <laughs> for a long period of time. Um, do I think any? Do I think either of them is a success right now? Mm-hmm. If anything, the one that's ahead is uh, Absolution on Raw. But the reason for that is because of Paige. Paige coming back and having two new people with her, um, she she was already a name. And her being gone for over a year and uh, coming back and, and tomorrow night having her first singles match since coming back against Sasha Banks, um, that's what's going to make Absolution stand out. The Riot Squad, eh, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. Um Ruby Riot, she's 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 good in the ring. Um, her character is pretty solid. Um, of the three, Sarah Logan to me is probably the best worker of those three. Really, Liv Morgan, thank God she'll have people carrying her. Um, calm down. But that's just just calm that's down. just my opinion. It's just my opinion. Yeah, your opinion. That's suck. several other people's opinion, but that's must neither here nor there. Um, personally, I hope the Riot Squad doesn't last long. Mainly because Ruby can be a standout star on her own. But I personally would love to see Liv Morgan and Carmella become a team. Because they just seem, they have similar gimmicks that just work. Because, and on top of that, you kind of already have a connection with them to begin with. You've got Carmella, who was originally associated with Big Cass and Enzo. Yeah. And then Liv Morgan, who rumoredly uh, is uh, still in a relationship with Enzo backstage. So, I think it's a team that actually is more organic than what people think. They kind of have the same type of attitude. Um, they kind of look and walk and talk and dress the same a little bit. You know, bit, they're loudmouth trash talkers. And honestly, I think it'd be kind of cool for Liv Morgan to play Carmella's lackey now that James Ellworth is gone. You yeah. know, she can be the the person who learns from Carmella, and and ultimately would assist her in becoming the women's money in the bank uh, contract holder that cashes in, wins the title, and then you could easily build up to a feud where uh, Liv turns her back on Carmella and goes for the title herself. Yeah, that's a good little... Good See how I just do long, long-term long booking like that? <laughs> it's, it's just so easy. I think I'm getting sick. I'm getting sick of you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't, so, don't hate, don't hate. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Um, so, I found my little Twitter question online, and I'll read it to you, and the votes and stuff. I have a little question for you. Which stable do you think will be around the same time next year, or make it in general, Paige's Absolution or Ruby Riot's Riot Squad? Uh, surprisingly, I haven't checked in a while, and they're pretty, t- they're pretty close. The Absolution with 54%. The Riot Squad, 46% out of 153 votes. Mm. So, that is pretty close. Yeah, that's quite a bit of votes, too, for how early I did it. Mm-hmm. What are you eating? That ain't, that ain't too bad pie? Do what? Oh, and I said, what are you eating? It definitely is not too bad at all. But yeah, I thought I'd oh, share well. that. I didn't... Oh. You what? I'm sorry. Well, okay, so... Obviously, we recapped the two ladies or the two lady factions, so we've got that. But here's here's my question: Is it just me, 
or is uh, is Elias really underrated? Okay, here's the thing. I talked about this, and Travis, if you could spare us and turn your TV down, thank you very much. Um, Not TV, but I got you. Thank you. Oh, it was a page? No, 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 no. Tell her to shut the hell up. Put her in her yeah. place. Now we know why you're single. <laughs> That's mean. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, damn it. What was I saying now? You got me off track. <laughs> uh, I was talking about Elias. Yeah, man, I put that on. I put that on Twitter. I was like, man, like I've always gone for Elias. I've always liked him. He had a really good match uh, on Raw, and everybody's everybody's commenting saying he barely had any spots. He was doing a freaking submissions at all time. wasn't that good of a match. And I was thinking, I don't know. I felt like it was a really good match. I felt it was too. Um, Dave Meltzer also was very critical of it and said that um, he personally thought it was Roman's worst match. Really? Um, I don't think it was that bad, quite frankly. I think I think people are a little bit more harsh um, on Elias and Roman Reigns, for that matter, than what they should be. Um, but okay, I so would you think say, Elias had a real good showing on that match. So you would say I mean, more Grant, underrated and less o- overrated, I'm guessing, right? Do what? You know, that's a little fun game right now we could do. What? Go down the line, and we'll pick different guys back and forth on a whim and say who we think is underrated or overrated. Haven't we done something like this like in in a previous episode Probably before? Probably over over a year and a half ago, two years. Okay, because I was going to say, I thought we had something familiar to this before. But I think it was with uh, back in the day when we had the trio, trio going. Yes, I think you're right. I do believe you are correct. So, All right, well, I'm, well, I'm cool with that. Let's do I it. Mean, I brought it up first, so I'm going to say uh, I'm throwing out Elias to you. I think he is underrated, big time. Okay, and I, I already, I already went into why and stuff. Or I didn't mean I didn't, I didn't go into depth. Your, your turn. Um, how about Kurt Hawkins? And in terms of making somebody look good, I think he's underrated. I agree. Um, I don't think I don't think he's a big star, but I definitely think he's he's a great hand to make people look good. Also, no I mean that losing star. streak is most of the time kind of these guys are only big stars if we're gonna consider them overrated or underrated. Right. Well, that losing streak definitely is doing wonders for him right now. I know it's surprisingly. Um, go you to me. Okay. Um, somebody that we haven't seen on TV for a little bit, uh, Mike Kanellis. Uh, I think he's underrated because we've seen what he can do in the past, and if if they give him enough uh, balls in his corner, yeah, I think he can run with it. I think so too. Uh, let's go quick, quick fire. Uh, Roman Reigns. I think he's very underrated. Uh, Roman I Reigns? Wow. I do, I do, but this is why. A lot of people will say that he's overrated, but they're saying overrated because of the spot he's been put in. Okay. Yeah. Um, while I can agree that maybe he was put in that spot um, fairly too soon, um, I get why WWE did it, and I was one to be right there to say, yeah, he definitely was the guy that shouldn't have been given the spot when he was. But that being said, Roman has showed his worth. Okay, yeah. he's he's somebody who couldn't put on a uh, he can put on a good match. Um, is he a basic power type of guy? Absolutely. You know, he's he's this generation's John Cena, 100%. But John Cena went from being 
somebody who was just a market tool to somebody who in 2015 showed that he can have excellent matches with almost anybody, yeah. anybody on the roster, and knocks it out of the park. Um, Roman Reigns gets the same type of Cena reactions right now, and as time goes on, I think Roman will definitely be evolving his game more so. So I, in that case, I think I think when it comes to in-ring work, when it comes to what he can actually bring to the WWE, I think he's very underrated. Okay, your turn. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Ooh, that's a hard one for me because I've always been, you know me, I've always been on the fence with Dean Ambrose. Dang. Mm-hmm. I don't think, here's the thing, I do not think he's underrated because he's given so many chances in the light. That's the reason. That's the only reason why I say that because he's had the main title for a while, different things, and he's had a chance to prove himself different times. Do I think he still should get another chance? Probably, but for now, I'm saying overrated. All right. Um, for you, Travis, I will do Apollo Cruz. Underrated, highly underrated. Um, it's quick, a guy. Quick reason why? Who, oh, well, that's what I was going to. Good. <laughs> Uh, guy, a guy who was called up from NXT very quickly. Uh, a little too quickly. And honestly, he shouldn't have been. Yep. And, I, and I don't mean that as in he's a bad bad worker or a bad in-ring guy, just the opposite. He's amazing. Um, but NXT really would have given him a chance to create Some... a name for himself down yeah, there yep. because it was an audience that was familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Um, him coming up to WWE last year, and we've seen it really hasn't done anything for him. Yeah. You know, he's look at that. He's a member of the Titus Worldwide brand. Yeah, whatever yeah. the hell that's supposed to be. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. And that sucks because and, he's he's good. And we will come right back to the second half of this little game. But we got to do a little breather, a little bit of break for us. Be right back. Hey guys, this is Ramsey. If you're liking what you're hearing today on Rumbling Reality, don't be afraid to give us a good comment. Give us a five star on the podcast app you're using. If you love wrestling, uh, go to rumblingrumors.com. There's tons of wrestling stuff there for you. And if you want to talk to me or Travis, go on Twitter, WWE Ramsey or Travis Falhark. Uh, that's all I got to say. Back to the show, guys. The show, guys. All right, guys. How to do that little, uh, little breather? So, continued, and I think it's you to give me one now. Is it? Uh, oh, yeah. You, okay, yes, because you asked me Apollo Crews. Oh, yeah. Um, give me let's one. Let's see. Who, who we got? Um, okay. Uh, team, Brizongo. Um, I definitely am not going to say overrated. Oh, I don't know. This is a hard one. We need to do like a middle thing in the middle. No. Ah. Hold on. I thought on. that too, but then I'm like, no, that takes the fun out of it. I know. I'll say, I'll just say overrated because they're not underrated because they're always on TV and they get more time than half the stars do now. I mean, they get more airtime than I, I don't know, half the locker room, the SmackDown. You know what's interesting about that though is while they get more airtime, how many times have we seen them wrestle? Yeah. Well, you know, some people are better at making drama and funny stuff and parodies and jokes. And it's been, it's been, it's happened many times where, you know, Santino has, Santino's more um, credible in the backstage doing funny stuff than he is in a match. Not saying they can't have good matches because they both can have good matches, but, you know, 
it just appeals more, I guess, to the audience. They do it. But hey, they're getting their airtime at least. They're selling some merch. It's true. It's a true story. If it's what they want, I don't know. Um, let's see. I want to go through a couple of these. This is fun. Um, let's do Bo Dallas. Uh, I think here recently with with what he showed he can do character wise with Curtis Axel and the Mistarage, um, I think I think they're they're they both are a little underrated on that aspect, um, especially when they did the Elias thing this past Monday. Yeah. Playing. Oh um, yeah. Uh, quote unquote playing the harmonica. I know it's so funny. Um, it was it did it was it was extremely funny. Um, so I, I thought that was good. And Bo Dallas especially, I think, is a little underrated in the fact that we saw how corny of an NXT champion he could be. And I mean that in the most nicest way possible because he was so over the top of a good guy that it made him a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so good in that role. And I don't think it really took off like it could have uh, on the main roster. Your turn. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I'm thinking SmackDown now. Uh, Ty Dillinger. Oh, wow. Definitely under-freaking-rated. He, since he's came from NXT, it's like he was given a huge pop at Royal Rumble. But ever since then, it's been like a downward spiral, sad to say. They just don't give him any credible feuds or any credible, like, long-run runs. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Um, Street Profits. Uh, they're a team that I look forward to coming up to the main roster soon. Like I like them uh, a lot. I, I do too. I say give them give them at least another six months uh, down in NXT. Um, I'd say maybe after WrestleMania, consider bringing them up to the main roster. Um, and if anything, man, I I could totally see money, but they would have to turn heel again in order for this to work. But I totally can see money in a Street Profits Uso. Ooh, see that I'd love to see right there. That that'd be awesome. Um, I think it could, I think it would work really well. Hell yeah, too. that sounds awesome. I'm down for that. Okay, uh, this is where we segue into you doing one for me, so I don't gotta say. Oh, I didn't doing. know how long we were gonna keep this going. So that's <laughs> no, there's a quick fire watch. stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So you threw an NXT one at me, mm-hmm. so I'll throw one back. Uh, Lars Sullivan. Uh, I think he's overrated. Really? Yeah, I sure do. I may get a lot of hate mail for this one, but I just feel like I don't know what is the big deal about him because he's not as big of a guy as like a Braun or like a Big Show, but they're, you know, he's one of those guys that I know he's athletic and stuff, but he's not even bigger than Brock Lesnar with stature-wise or muscle-wise or size-wise. But they're making him out to be this monster of NXT. And I just feel like once they bring him up to Raw or SmackDown against one of the monsters there, he won't look mm-hmm. as big. I mean, he's going against these guys that are all like, you know, cruiserweight-looking guys. The majority of NXT guys are not super big guys because Triple sure. H, you know, picked him out. Most of them are – I mean, it's not it's not very believable half a time when you have Lars going against, uh, you know, maybe like a Adam Cole or something. I don't think they've done that aren't yet. And – uh I mean, I would think Lars would win. But to me, it's like i just seen the big things so much that I'm over mm-hmm. big guys. Sure. Well, and I think that's what makes – I think this is why Lars stands out in particular with the NXT brand because, like you said, the NXT has a lot of 
uh, a lot of average looking dudes down there now, you know, which is great in the aspect of that we're seeing, especially a bunch of less guys on test boosters, huh? Less guys on test boosters. Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's great to see that and guys that have actual talents, you know, like you aforementioned Adam Cole, Mm -hmm. um, I'll continue that with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby fish and Roger strong and the list can go on and on. You know, the current champion, Andre Cien Almas as well. Um, Man, Trent Seven's couple... really out of shape. Huh? Trent Seven is, like, so out of shape. But he's a great wrestler. And he he's is, but I'm like, but it's not, even, it's not even like, he's not even in, like, shape shape. It's not like but a Samoa. But he can still go. Not, but I know, but it's not, to me, I'm not trying to be, I'm, like, a big guy. But I'm t- But if you're, if you're in this industry, this is a big tangent, but it's, like, somebody like um, Samoa Joe. You can tell he works out, but he still just has genetics where he's kind of pudgy. Trent Seven looks like he's never worked out a day in his life, and it's literally his job is to fight other people and win a match. And to me, it's not believable when somebody's like that out of shape. I mean, he looks like he like I like him. He's a good, he's a good wrestler, and he it's awesome on the mic. But it's like he is not believable for him to win a match against somebody. I would to when I see him, I think. He should be out of breath. He, she's out of, probably out of breath right now, or can't you know pick somebody up without them assisting him. I don't know. I don't really buy in it unless he you know put some effort into it. Look at Kevin Owens, my favorite guy. He is not in crazy good shape, but he you can at least tell he works out. I mean, I think I think that's really, I think you're kind of unfairly putting Trent Seven into into that category and saying that he's not he's not in the ring shape that he should be in. Um, and I only say that because again, you, you gave, you gave great examples of Kevin Owens, and, but there's different kinds such. of muscle. If you know physique, there is, but I think that's also why, I think that's why I, you're chastising him though too, is because it, there's different muscles for everybody. He's, he's no, not, but when it's you very build muscle, there's different things built like a Kevin Owens, but so he has to do things differently, but there's different way your body should look if you're at least working out. It, I mean, like, we he looks don't, like but, he doesn't care. But to say that he's not working out in general, I I'm, I know I I'm just I'm, being, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But in general, if you look at his body type and like a Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe obviously works his butt off, and you know he just his body type. Kevin Owens has to work out to an extent because you can see his definition. But Trent Seven literally looks like he puts no he looks like he puts no time and effort into his craft. And every well, main star ever has always said that you got to put time into your body if you want to make it in this business. This is what the business is. You're literally I'm showing. Not, I'm not disputing that. Yeah, you're I'm literally showing off your body, and you're trying to show that you can fight another man and win. And it's not believable to me when somebody doesn't look like he may work out awesomely or whatever it is. But I'm pretty sure he has a not a very good diet regime. And being a nutrition background myself, there's no way he puts in as much time and effort working out and dieting. And or just eating correctly compared to the other guys backstage, and I just cannot see him versus a normal guy in NXT who doesn't work out that much. Him go, him fight and beat him every single time when the guy doesn't work out. That's just okay. believability. Well to, that, well, to that argument, then should we throw Cassius Ono into that exact same category? Then? But you can tell the he's gotten bad recently. I mean, he's been he hasn't been in great shape since he came back. But he has. But been when in he great first shape, came to NXT, you uh, could tell then. he was still. He was still there. I mean, he's still like, you can tell different body types, but you can tell somebody who just like does not work out at all, really. 
And a lot of those. So were, again, I'm saying, are we are you classifying Cassisono in that same category? No, I because wouldn't say that because he's still in all standards by yeah. what you just listed to me. You should. Well, you know, I'm not a big Cassisono fan, but I can at least can tell body physiques. It looks like he has let go a little bit. I'm not saying I'm all about body physiques, but I'm just saying the believability against him versus another wrestler that works out real hard and trains to to fight and to you know pin the person and win. It's not believable mm-hmm. to me and somebody's so out of shape, at least looking that they can go over and beat like a Finn Balor or or whatever whoever you want to they'll go against who's in their kind of same size range. That's just that's just my I'm, take. Yeah, and I guess it, this comes back to again this just goes back to our opinions and and of yeah, course oh, yeah. the opinions of anybody else who will listen to this and <laughs> yeah. and say what they want, which is fine. Um, opinions are are free for everybody to have. Um, and this kind of started with the whole Lars Sullivan question going on here. Um, I think right now Lars fits good as that monster in NXT because, again, like we were saying before, there's a bunch of what we refer to as average-looking guys in NXT now, and that's a credit to Triple H for going out and saying that, okay, we're not going to be about this specific type anymore, and we're going to actually venture out and see that there is more talent as opposed to just being a big guy, which is great. Um I can definitely see where you're coming from on when he gets called up to the main roster, if he'll be booked into the same type of capacity as like a Braun Strowman or a dominant monster type. Um, if it'll even work with, uh, with a guy of his size, because like you said, he'll, he'll definitely be a lot smaller than a Strowman. Um, but you never know. It's very possible that they can bring him up. Cause what if, and this is just an if, but what if, they bring Lars up to the Raw roster to have a feud with Braun Strowman to where they can put Lars over as being this absolute beast who, yes, on paper really... is smaller than a Strowman. Mm. On paper is smaller than a Strowman. But he has the same type of strength as Strowman, which can match him. I think I think uh, it's a good idea. I think if they went into a match together, I don't think... Vince would ever let Vince has been creating Braun for a while now, and there's oh, no way, project, yeah. and there's no way they're gonna let some new guy go over on Braun. But they can give him a run for his money, where it still makes Lars look good. Well, and Lars fits into Vince's category too. Oh yeah, I mean? but nothing like a Braun. So, Braun's actually like a, you know, a freaking powerhouse. Like he just Braun's looks, he looks Braun so is different. Vince McMahon's last golden child. Yeah, he just looks. That's, yeah, well, for now, I mean, Vince has shown he's still going to be around for a while. So, well, I don't think what I mean by that statement is I don't think, and I could be completely wrong, but it's just my guess. Happens a lot. Vince Vince has not pulled out a huge star, um, or created a star of a Braun Strowman type stature in quite some time. He's tried. Uh, this is the first character that we've seen in quite a while that Vince but, literally Travis he has tried though. Up. Say what? He has tried. He I mean he's tried, but they've all failed. Mm-hmm. Braun has been the first that has actually succeeded in quite a while. And now, this is Why do you think that is? is? What do you think the um the potion or the remedy was? Strowman's just a freak, mm-hmm. like literally, and I don't mean that in a bad negative connotation whatsoever. Strowman is legitimately a strong man. He 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 won several strongman competitions before he ever came to WWE. 
But I think what set Strowman apart I didn't know that. is Strowman was somebody who uh, was on Steve Austin's podcast about a year or so ago, um, maybe even sometime earlier this year, uh, but I want to say it was a year ago. And uh, Austin asked him if he grew up watching wrestling at all. And Strowman said up front um, that he did watch a little bit when he was a kid, yeah, of course. They have to, they have to say that. Um, as he got older, he kind of drifted away from it. He's the first to say it. Yeah. Um, but then when he got called after he won the Strongman competitions to come and potentially do a developmental contract with WWE, then he started to find a new a new love and respect for wrestling than what he had experienced before. So he actually started to become a student of the game. And this is the game. Sorry. Now I was waiting for your your thing to do. Something. I was just yeah, waiting. Some, yeah. Um. So I think. I think what sets Strowman apart is that Strowman started taking it very seriously in the fact that, okay, this is not just my job now. This is, this is something that if I want to make this work, I have to be, I have to be attentive to this. Yeah. And being a guy, his size, which when we all first saw him, we thought he was just going to be another big guy who comes in and that's about it. You know, just kind of lags around, not like a great colleague type, God forbid, but um, but more so just that big guy that's going to be doing just the big powerhouse moves. We're not going to see a lot of anything promising from him. You know, that, you that type. We've all thought it. Um, but Strowman has come out and has shown that not only is he a big guy, he's a good but wrestler. damn it to hell if he is not athletic as hell. No, no, I like, definitely agree with that. He definitely has taken – Big Show arguably was the most athletic giant of our generation and beyond okay um strowman is gonna surpass big show when it's all said and done and i truly believe that um the work that strowman put with show over this year they had what two or three big matches with each other and each one of them was actually really good matter of fact after the first one i remember saying it to you on this very show i believe that that match, Strowman and Show, could have been a WrestleMania match if they wanted it to be. Yeah. It was that good because Big Show got into great shape. Strowman was already uh, in, in magnificent shape, and they just worked really well. It was the first time that we had seen two big guys of their stature move around like they did, and it was believable. You know what I mean? And people were invested in it, you know? When's the last time you can say that you've seen a big guy match like that that people weren't just like yawning over at one point? That's true. So yeah, I think I think Strowman just took it. I think he just took it a, a lot more serious at one point. Not to say that he ever thought it was a joke, but I think it was more so of he realized that he needed to become a success. And Vince, of course, just saw, oh my God, big guy, big muscles. You're my guy. You're it. You're a wrestler. <laughs> like, You're going to be like him, yeah. a guy. I guarantee you that's probably <laughs> yeah. how I got pitched. Oh, God. <laughs> but it worked. I mean, again, it's uh, give Vince the credit because everybody knows backstage Vince was the big push behind Braun Strowman, and we were saying it. Uh, we were saying it a few weeks back that uh, a year ago they were talking about Strowman versus The Undertaker for this year's past WrestleMania. And everybody just went, oh, 
oh my god to it. Now, if you announced Strowman and Taker for WrestleMania, everybody would have been like, whoa, okay, oh, yeah. I'm on board. It'd be different for sure, yeah. Um, okay, let's go on to the next thing, Travi. What else, what else happened in the wrestling world this week? Uh, some kind of sad news um, for us fans who have been uh, wrestling fans ever since the 90s. But longtime music producer yeah. for the WWE, Jim Johnson, uh, was released by the company. Uh, so we don't get any more awesome themes, except for the few hits that we get from CFO every now and then. Yeah, I wonder why he, did he ask to let go or did he let him go? Uh, from what I have read, WWE wanted to put out there like it was just a contract expiring situation. Um, but apparently, uh, another news source said that, uh, it wasn't a mutual party. So really that's sad. Uh, it is, They've especially for, for so somebody long. that's been with the company for 30 years. So, uh, wow. I don't know. We don't, we don't know the full details. Um, I think it kind of sucks because, which by the way, for those of you who are unaware, and I just went off of a instinct that I had because it just seems, uh, and I'll tell you all in a minute, but if y'all want to go and check out the most recent WWE Uncaged album, it is available on iTunes right now. Um, and it features themes from Kevin Nash, uh, a very rare unreleased theme of Triple H uh, when he first went bad into the corporation in 99 is finally available. Um, there's there's some decent themes on this one. Um but the trend with that, by the way, if nobody's caught on to it, is anytime there's one of the, the big four pay-per-views that goes on each year, um, look at it like right a week before the pay-per-view takes place and we'll get a new Uncaged album, it looks like. So I'm guessing we'll get another one around the Royal Rumble time. Um, and I love those, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't even remember what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> or some new other topics that we haven't talked about yet, really. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was one right there was uh, Jim Johnson is no longer a part of the company. Which there's is something else that went on this week. I was trying to figure out what else. Oh, I mean, well, there's there's always something going on in the wrestling world. So I mean, it ain't like it ain't like it's ever boring. I'll tell you that right now. That's true. There's a rumor going around that uh, NXT is supposed to be. Uh, airing on the USA Network here in about a week or so. What? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that'll make it. That'll be. Whoa, they really big. Yeah, apparently it's supposed to be part of uh, WWE Week. Um, oh. Okay. That's been that's been announced. So it's not an every every day thing, every week yep. kind of thing. December thirteenth. Uh, looks like the USA Network currently lists a one-hour airing of WWE NXT for Wednesday, December 13th at 7 p.m. So, uh, I don't know what this means. I mean, are we looking at NXT potentially becoming a, an hour-long show on the USA work now? Or is this just going to be like a, a one-hit wonder type of situation to bring more people to the network to watch NXT? Like, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't hear anything about this. So I got to research it now. It'd be kind of cool for me because it make it easier for me to watch it. Because, um, well, my cable provider, I can just turn it on and on demand it. 
<laughs> or you can just go to the WWE Network and watch it there on demand. I know, but I don't have it hooked up to my front room, so it's like go just to my room to watch it. It's like this whole thing. Uh huh. All I hear are excuses, excuses. I know. But speaking of also WWE Network, uh, tomorrow we get two new collections added to the WWE Network. Um, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura. So that'll be interesting to see. Oh, what I'm talking about. There. Would you, would you, what do you think about uh, the new, the, the supposedly rumored, well, not rumored, it's going to come out, AJ Styles 365? I cannot wait for that. Oh, I'm really freaking is it, excited. Is it just me? And, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, but does it seem like WWE is, while I enjoy them, are they coming out with too many documentary-style programmings? <laughs> I think they're trying to do original content that they can put on their network, and they're just trying yeah, to... Yeah, but, but think about it. We already have the WWE 24, and now we've got WWE 365. You know, it's... Yeah, I know what you mean. Is it a little too much, you know, documentary style type? I don't know because I like it, and they haven't—they haven't—they haven't put out enough of them yet, though, for me to say that. I just think it would be a little bit easier if they just stuck with one and ran with it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, the because, year I mean, thing—the year thing—it's hard. With the year, I get what they're doing though, because with the year thing, it's hard to put out content monthly compared to WB twenty four. You could you could literally slap that and finish it within a day or two. Well, and. and if you look at it though, the WWE 24 specials we've seen, they only come few and far between. Like Kurt Angle, there was only three that came out this year: uh, Kurt Angle, Finn Balor, and Goldberg. That's it. And they were I all done oh, I didn't, I didn't at that. different points throughout the year. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, man. I just, I think I love the documentary style type of programming. So, I mean, that's the ones we grew up loving as kids, especially when we would see like a new DVD release for our favorite wrestler oh, or yeah. one of our wrestlers that we used to watch. And they came out with a new documentary of their career. And we used to jump all over that. I hell, I still do as a kid. I <laughs> yeah. love when they add nudes. Uh, nude? Like oh yeah. I love that nude. Yeah, when they have like the new Beyond the Rings added, which I'm waiting for them to do a new one, and yet they haven't for quite a while, and it's kind of aggravating. Um, but I love I love those type of styles, and I just think WWE might be oversaturating their network with that type of programming. Yeah, I mean, I can see what I can see what you mean because I was thinking when it came out, I was like, "Isn't this very similar to 24?" Yes, that's exactly. I mean, what it's I the first thing too. I thought. I was like, "It's a kind of similar concept," but I was like, "Well, it is cool. It's a full year." It's a longer documentary. I get it, but it was like it's uh, not very. It's not a very. Um, it's not a very new concept. It's very like a, just a redone concept. Yeah, just a, you're just slapping a different name onto it. Yeah, I mean it's true because all of these twenty fours were probably a span of a year. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly, I never thought about that until now. Good point. So I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's. I think they're just trying too much with the same type of style. Um, but like for instance, Breaking Ground, I thought was a great series that I wish they would. I, I wish they would do a season two of. As a matter of fact, um, so I never actually. Wa I don't think I watched one of those. What are those again? Breaking Ground was kind of WWE's version of uh, the HBO show Hard Knocks. Have you ever watched that? No. Okay, so essentially, what Hard Knocks was uh, is they would look at is Mike the lives Knox, is Mike Knox the ant announcer or, or the? Are you trying to be funny because it's not working? Oh, you know Mike Knox is? I know who Mike Knox is. Oh, okay. He's a former wrestler. Is he alive? 
I believe so. Okay, I only want like an ass saying that. Okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, well, you were, I mean, you still failed at that. Yeah, I, know. Like, I, I always fail a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, Hard Knocks used to be a, uh, uh, and I believe it's still on HBO. Uh, it takes a, it takes a documentary type of style look at current NFL roster players. Um, I believe they also look at baseball players, uh, something along those lines. No, I'm sorry. Um, it's like a training camp. They look at training camps for NFL teams. Excuse me. Is that what uh, it is? I believe so. Yes, I believe that's oh, what it is that's cool. because that's what the concept was with uh, Breaking Ground. Was that it was a no, WWE so that's what Breaking type Ground of is. I need to watch them. Then that's cool. Yeah, what it does is it looks at the WWE Performance Center and NXT specifically, and it picks out uh, people that they they document um, throughout the series. Um, in the first Breaking Ground, they looked at like Dana Brooke, uh, Tino Sabatelli. Mojo Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked at all these people that were in development at the time that were looking about getting to the next spot, um, and it was it was really good. It was a very good series, and it lasted. I think there was like two or, or there's like ten or thirteen episodes of the first season, and I really wish they would consider bringing it back for a season two because I thought that was so good that they did that concept based around that Hard Knocks HBO series. Yeah. Because it was a different it was it was kind of like tough enough, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? They're not yeah, yeah. fighting for a contract. They're looking at oh, Baron Corbin was on there too. I forgot about that. Really? Um, I need to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um and I really wish they would come out with a season two of it because I thought that was a very original concept. And they still could do that and look at some of the people that are up and coming with NXT right now. But, you know, I, mean, I honestly just, didn't know what it was about, so I need to go back and watch them because it sounds inter- interesting. It is. It's it's really good. Well, uh, travel. Um, I think uh, we have concluded most of our talking today because we've pretty much ran out of topics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can always find more topics, but things that are really interesting and all that bull crap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Any, well, anything I mean, else you want to add before we conclude this uh, episode fifty three? Say what? Anything you want to say before we conclude this episode of 53? Oh, absolutely. Um, stay aware because I'm sure TNA will be following uh, Impact here soon. Huh? Impact. Impact. Jesus. Yeah. I'm sure they'll file bankruptcy here soon. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Well, guys. I, actually, I oh. haven't even heard that. I'm just taking a guess at this point. I've heard thing. I've actually heard rumors before, rumors recently too about something like that's going to be happening. Um, but yeah, well, I am getting tired and need to take some energy drinks before I go work out. So, oh, there uh, you go. If you want to find me and talk to me, because I'm Ramsey. Sorry, uh, you can find me on Twitter at wwe ramsey. You can find Travis at Travis underscore foul heart. And you can conclude it, Travi. All right. Well, as always, ladies and gentlemen, if you like this, please recommend it to all of your friends to listen to us so that they, too, can go like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. and go visit rumblingrumors.com for all of your WWE articles, including a new writer and several different opinion articles, as well as free wallpapers designed by yep. Ramsey himself. Got the new, for got your the holiday cheer coming around the corner. And as always, take care and tie up that messy hair. It's, it's just gross.
And until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang!